Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 201st ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cam. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. It's always a pleasure to have you here in the studio. Um, What's been going on? I've been out of state the last week. Basically left as soon as we recorded last week, and I just rolled into town a few hours ago. Yeah. How was your trip? It was pretty good. Just visited family in the Indianapolis area, and they have a pool. So that's what we did pretty much every day. Just caught up with family, played some games, visited, that sort of thing. Most of growing up, all of our vacations always revolved around visiting family. And so we still do some of that. It was quite enjoyable. It was really hot there and um, got to experience 4th of July with a nine-month-old baby who didn't quite enjoy the fireworks. I can imagine. And so I was sympathetic to everybody that I've heard about over the years with pets that don't care for fireworks. But once she was able to go to sleep, she stayed asleep. It was just getting to sleep Mm -hmm. with the uh, artillery going off was a little (laughs) bit of a challenge. Any fireworks mishaps? Anything? Any uh, any accidents? Luckily, uh, I never got very close to any fireworks. Yeah. I viewed them all from afar, and the only mishaps I saw were online. So that's the way I like to keep it. <laughs> yeah, every year I feel like there's videos that come out. You're just like, how does this happen? Like, I saw one where they had like their, I saw it just today, they had their like whole stash in their driveway, and a firework tipped over, hit the stash, oh, lit no. it on fire, and it was just mayhem. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't think working in the ER is very fun on, uh, well, probably never is, but yeah. it was especially not fun on 4th of July. How'd your dog do? Uh, fine. We weren't even really home for the fourth, and we we got home late that night, and she was hiding under everything, which mm-hmm. is what she normally does. When I mean, we were having fireworks go off for a week before the fourth, yeah. anyway. So yeah, yeah. As I've gotten older, and especially now with the baby, uh, I've become more of a curmudgeon around oh, yeah. fireworks. It's like it's like, midnight. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> it's June thirtieth. You can't start this already. Um, Kyle, we are going to talk about a little bit of football recruiting because it's that time of year and we have a special Patreon suggested topic uh, for basketball later. Uh, Before we get to that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review on the podcast platform that you listen to us on. Um, And you can support us on Patreon. Shout out to our newest subscribers over there, Joshua Jacobson and Brandon Hanks. Thank you very much. We've been, the new subscribers just been rolling in. Mm-hmm. I think they were, well, special shout out again to Joshua. He followed up. He said, do the wing challenge. I will subscribe. We did the wing challenge. He subscribed. Yeah. So what thank a guy. you. Uh, follow up on that. We, it's being edited right now. We tried to get fancy. We had a three camera set up for the wing challenge to experiment with some new, uh, a little bit of a new thing there so it's being edited it ended up being really long so (laughs) be patient with us that that will go out relatively soon and will be uh, lots of fun how's your body feel from that uh you know i any irregular activity (laughs) i was okay i'll be completely honest with you i knew that as soon as we were done i had to go home and pack and then i was going to be in the car for eight hours 
um, the next morning. So I tried to not go as aggressive as I could have just to, yeah, you know, sure survive the mm-hmm. next day. Yeah. Um, I was still, yeah, then, you know, I kind of had to power through the night and take some, uh, do a little bit of Pepto-Bismol just yeah. to make sure that we were okay there. Just but to be safe? Yeah, yeah everything I felt, was fine. I felt like whenever I was uh, driving home f- after we were done, I felt like my stomach was like a cauldron. Like, <laughs> I, like I literally There was a potion brewing warm. in there. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. my, my body felt warm, and I was like, this is not normal, I don't think. But, you know, that was the price we paid for, for some memories. Oh, yeah. Um, the... if. We're going to get to the football stuff up top, and then the Patreon topic is uh, Tim over on Patreon suggested that we give our all-time Mizzou basketball squad. He's talking starters, bench players, and coach. So if you want to stick around for that, there should be a timestamp. And, of course, uh, for Patreon stuff and any of that, there are always uh, links in the description for that. Um, I feel like last week we talked about, we talked about USC and UCLA, like, uh, moving to the big 10, mm-hmm. which is like a done deal. Basically that's going to happen in 2024. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we were done recording, we saw that Washington and Oregon applied for membership or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it sounds like, uh, that's not going to happen. It sounds right. like, uh, the big 10 is standing pat where they are, at least for now. And the Oregon and Washington, I mean, who knows what they're going to do? Are they going to look at the Big 12? Or are they going to try and just stay where they are? Um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And then uh, more recently, there's been rumors about the Big 12, which we kind of talked about. It's kind of made sense. The Big 12 is reaching out to maybe some of the Pac-12 schools to try to consolidate things. Yeah with uh, obviously Texas and Oklahoma moving on. Yeah, I never thought the Big 12 would end up being like a saving grace for some of these other, like I never thought that they, that the Big 12 would outlast some of these other conferences, but yeah. it's looking like they might be able to survive by getting some of the, the outcasts from the other conferences that are kind of jumping ship. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like though as far as like the biggest powers in those conferences moving elsewhere and then just I don't know. I guess you got to get what you can if you're looking around. And it, it reminds me, okay, <laughs> remember like in school, you're like doing a group project or something. And there's like, I, at least this is, I remember several instances where you'd have like a friend group or something. And there's like, we need this many people, like pick your group. And it's like, okay, well, there's like three of us that want to stay together. And then like three people over here, but then they're grouping up over here. And then sometimes you were just like the odd man out and you just had to like form a group with the outcasts. Yep. Maybe that was just me, but hopefully somebody out there can relate to that. I can relate to that. Okay. <laughs> were you the outcast as, as a kid? You know, I think I had my fair share of being on the in group and the out group. So mm-hmm. I got to see both sides of it. Um, we were talking on discord with uh, some of the guys about like what the SEC might do. And I feel like when we've talked about conference realignment in the past, the thing that always jumps to my mind is just scooping up more Florida schools. And I know Florida would not like that, 
because they have the advantage of being the only one in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But I feel like well, Texas A&M didn't want Texas to join, and exactly they didn't, they didn't get their uh, right. steamrolled. Yeah, so. I feel like that type of argument it doesn't hold any weight anymore. And obviously, like splitting up rivalries, nobody cares about that anymore. Um, it's almost like hey, find a buddy school and then go try to get into a conference. Yeah. And so what makes sense to me would be like if the SEC was trying to get aggressive, uh, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You'd need a fourth to make that work. But uh, maybe that's when like Oklahoma State could be in the fold. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I feel like at this point I just – I want everything just to – kind of stay where it's at i don't know i don't know what i think about just these superpower conferences just continuing to just gobble up every like meaningful program in the country and just becoming this like i don't know i I don't know i I don't know if i want it to be the north versus the south which is looking like we're headed that way at least for (laughs) power five yeah yeah big 10 versus sec yeah well it's not even geographical anymore i mean with the california schools and everything i don't know just out of control at this point it's yeah i don't we've never seen i mean we've never seen money be more influential in the sport than it is right now in my opinion i feel like just with nil and with the conference just uh, scattering it's i don't know it's seems like it's more of a priority than ever yeah and there's not like an obvious answer right right away that we can turn to i don't think so strap in where it's probably not over um, and yet Notre Dame's still not in a conference. Yeah, that might be the weirdest thing out of all. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess that'd be the fourth one. You grab Clemson, you Clemson, Miami, Florida State, Notre Dame. Welcome to the SEC. Yeah, sounds like a fun conference to play in. <laughs> um, okay, just uh, Mizzou stuff. Um, we talked a lot about recruiting last week. Um, follow up on some of that stuff. Mizzou did get a commit from St. Mary's running back Jamal Roberts uh, from St. Louis. Uh, he was a three-star player and also held a Kansas State offer. And I think if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, um, this might be a little bit of insurance for some of the higher-ranked players in the class, specifically Jeremiah Love. You know, we should still be in the mix for him, but his recruitment has just taken off on a rocket. Sure. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I know probably fans want to see, I don't know. I feel like no matter what happens, a lot of times fans want to see something else. So like our running back commit is kind of like, well, we we kind of already have a lot of running backs and Mm -hmm. there's good running back prospects. This would have been nice to grab a, defensive lineman or something like that replaceable position yeah so i don't know i i think it's uh you have to go after these guys i think when they're when they're on your radar running back is a position that you can develop at the college level and uh we're not in a position to say no to three-star guys that want to come i don't think yeah (laughs) uh it seems like a kind of a weird thing to immediately label a new recruit as like a plan B guy for, you know, the, the backup plan to somebody that we want more. But, um, you know, I think that Jamal Roberts is, is very talented. You know, he's, he's very good high school player. He plays both sides. He, um, is a running back and linebacker, um, still is very athletic, fast, well-built. I think he's like six foot, 200. 
you know, he's, he's a, he's a well-built running back. He can run you over for sure. Can fight for those extra yards at the goal line. And, um, yeah, I mean, you said it, these running back is a fairly replaceable position. I'm in football and probably more so at the NFL level, but still like, yeah, I mean, it's not impossible to think that Jamal Roberts could end up being a better college player than Jeremiah Love. That, mm-hmm. that seems crazy to say, but it's very possible. And recruiting rankings are totally ambiguous. And, um, you know, I think that he's he's by far he's talented enough to, to take a shot on him. And yeah, and it's not. And if the staff felt really good about Love, still, it's not like they would say no right. to. Uh, both yeah. both of them coming yeah and it's just a position you need a lot of guys at and uh you know missouri really hit on tavoris jones last year so they have a really good uh, like stud uh running back with jones and you know so they, we maybe don't need roberts to even make an impact in the, the first year or two so uh then we have a lot of players that will be announcing where they will be playing college football their announcements will be very soon. Um, we thought we were going to have one this past week with Joshua Manning, but he postponed his decision. Mm-hmm. Um, off the top of your head, is that postponement good or bad for Mizzou? I think it seems like a good thing, and I don't know that he's going to – I don't know who he's going to choose in the end, but it seemed like he was definitely headed towards a Kansas State commitment um, earlier this week. And uh, – there was a Kansas State uh, writer who basically just came out and said, yeah, we think Eli Drinkwitz is the reason why Manning postponed his uh, his commitment. And, uh, you know, I don't there's pr- I'm sure there's some NIL discussions going on, even though, of course, that's doesn't, <laughs> doesn't happen in recruiting. We, that we, ha- recruiting. we have to say that yep. every time. But uh, it definitely seems like uh, Missouri made a, a last minute push, maybe realized we're not at the top of the food chain um, when it's commitment time and we need to make a move. And so. You know, I don't know what that'll happen in the long run, but it's that's crazy, man. It's yeah. it's crazy that they. I mean, they're really posturing for for some of these kids. It's mm-hmm. it's insane, but I, I love it. It's fun, and you know, I mean, he's he's doing his best, man. Drinkwitz is. It's got to be so stressful. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine just like try, whatever you have to do. Like, let's just uh, assume that that's exactly what happened. Like, the staff gets word that it's probably going to be Kansas State what do you even do like I can't even think like okay you're just calling him up like hey like let me work on a few things let me yeah. see what I can do and just if you can give me a little bit of time it takes a special person man I don't I don't think I could do it even for four million a year I don't yeah. think I could be a college football coach man they the, the amount of like plates they're balancing at the same time I mean not only are they expected to go out and get those kids but um you know they're trying to keep on to the guys they still yeah. have and yeah. like other coaches are doing the same exact thing to uh, and get ready to play football games yeah <laughs> we got a, a football game in like a month so you know a month or two so it's uh there's a lot in this plate i'd do it i would get maybe two years oh yeah and I'd, then i would get fired exactly. and never hired ever again there you go you you would <laughs> uh you pull a uh dan mullen like get paid a whole bunch of money and then get paid to never return and you'll be set yeah he he had a bit of a career before Florida. That's true. You can't get the big payday without doing yeah, something. Do a lot, a lot of work ahead of time. But if you just dropped me into the Mizzou head coaching position, I'd make some good money for two years, and the entire program would be in shambles, and I would probably, I don't know, I guess I'd try to cheat. You'd I don't know. You'd never be able to return to the state of Missouri. No, but I would just go live in Indiana because you're familiar with it. There you go. <laughs> I would never uh, step foot on a football field ever again. 
Uh, so Caden Green is announcing where he will be committing on Friday, very soon. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about that one? I, it's, I mean, this is a huge deal, man. It's it's a the it's one of the biggest uh, prospects that Missouri is in on right now, and they have a shot. They really do. Um, this has been an incredibly long process. Um, I think Missouri's in the final two with Oklahoma. Seems like Caden Green's been in Oklahoma lean for several months now. Um, but I think Missouri gave themselves a shot, and we talked about that a little bit last week coming off the heels of the of the summit event that they had whenever that was two weekends ago mm-hmm. seems like missouri really put themselves in a good position um about as good as they could probably do um i still think oklahoma gets him but man Drinkwitz has done everything he possibly can so plan for that to be an oklahoma decision but cautiously hopeful yeah that Missouri might be able to pull it out. Yeah, up. I'm not going to be shocked if I guess if Missouri gets him, but um, I'd be pretty surprised, and I'd, I'd play on Oklahoma. And uh, you know, there was there's a I think his name is Hayes Fawcett or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. on Twitter. He um, does a lot of edits for uh, he helps you know a lot of guys make their decisions and their, their announcements and stuff like that. He has a large following on Twitter, and yeah. Um, you know, he tweeted, I should have looked at the actual tweet before I started talking about it, but he basically made a tweet alluding to Oklahoma. It's going to have a really good July. month of July. They're going to, you know, they're in on some, on some big recruits that they're, they're probably going to land and stuff. And, uh, literally minutes after he tweeted that, um, Caden Green announced that, uh, you know, he was making his decision on Friday and tagged Hayes Fawcett in the tweet and stuff. So, you know, that may be reading way into things like too much, but it just seemed like, you know, this guy was like, oh, wow, Caden Green, you know, he just told me he's going to commit to Oklahoma. Oklahoma I'm going to just sign or got a commitment from a yeah. four star wide receiver. I'm going to make his edit and I'm going to send out this tweet that Oklahoma's on fire. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. We'll see. We're not going to get our hopes up around here. Yeah. I, I got. I, I told some of you guys on Discord I, I got suckered into the into the hype after his visit. You know, I kind of started buying back into the hope that this actually isn't over. And uh, it's not over, but, you know, uphill battle still. Yeah. Um, one thing that I forgot to write down, but uh, just uh, a couple days ago, Christian Gray announced uh, he's committing to Notre Dame. Uh, that... It never really felt like Mizzou was much of a player there, cornerback out of uh, DeSmet in St. Louis. So, yep, he's off the board to Notre Dame. Um, Miles McVeigh uh, will be announcing his decision on August 11th, so still got a little bit of time there. But um, got to like Mizzou's chances there. Um, I would say more so than Caden Green. Um, I don't know what they're probably – about a hundred spots apart uh, on the rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, you know just to bring some you know Missouri's in on a lot of good offensive linemen right now. They have a shot at there's I think there's like four really big offensive linemen recruits that they have a shot at. I think they definitely land at least one of the four. But I feel the best about Logan Reichert of that mm-hmm. group of four, and then next would probably be Miles McVeigh and then Caden Green. But um, I don't know, man. I felt I felt better about Miles McVeigh than I do now. Um, maybe a few months ago, um, you know, Missouri seemed to really be the only serious player there for a while, and Alabama's like yeah. they're a player, man. And yeah. like they, I don't know how much, you know, you never know with Alabama. Like, yeah, 
guys will say they're you know they're in their final two and maybe that's not a committable offer it's but just it's tough Alabama to know Alabama will just decide like we want this guy and they know they can get him because yeah. of his star ranking and his other offers mm-hmm. and they'll just be like yep we're gonna go get this guy yeah and they've done that with a lot of Missouri recruits so um we you basically have to hope sometimes that um you know if you're recruiting against Alabama in that situation you got to hopefully look at the other players they're in on and be like, hey. Hope they land like, some of those guys. Yeah, and just be like, look, look at all these other guys they're recruiting. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to stop recruiting those guys with you on board. Yeah. You know, we're talking to three other offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that he is decided on a date and it's in August, like before his senior season, makes me a little nervous. And that if, you know, if, if it was Missouri, then he might be a little more patient. But if it's Alabama, he's ready to commit right now. So that's completely just me. A lot of guys are wrapping up the recruitments right now though. So yeah, Yeah. that's true. A lot of guys want to be done with it before their senior season. So you mentioned Reichert. He does have a crystal ball on 24 seven sports prediction to Mizzou. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel pretty good about him. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, the sixth. So, uh, Thursday night, uh, Amir Herring will be announcing his decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, sorry. Before we get onto that, who's the other major player for McVay? Uh, is, it's Alabama, but then is there not a third? I think it's just Mizzou and Alabama. Okay, cool. I don't know what to think about that. It makes uh, me nervous, yeah. but also like, I just can't imagine that Alabama would be that aggressive on closing that deal yeah. so soon. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, he's. His father is a Missouri alum. He Missouri's been on him for forever. He's you know regional kid. I think he's from East St. Louis. Uh, Missouri has a lot of things going for them, but Alabama's Alabama, and yeah. Nick Saban is Nick Saban. So, yeah, that's that's a coin flip for me. I don't really know what to expect on that one. Okay, so Amir Herring, mm-hmm. take it away. Yeah, uh, Michigan kid who uh, I, his recruitment might be the most unpredictable out of all the guys we just talked about. I think it really comes down to on what Michigan wants to do. Um, Michigan actually has a pretty terrible recruiting class for their standards right now. I think they're in like the 40s or 50s in like team rankings. Uh, Freaking Harbaugh is uh, he's struggling, man, with recruiting. But sometimes I wonder about those NFL guys like returning to college and trying to recruit and like doing it for like several years. He's probably getting burnt out on it, honestly. But yeah, I don't know why you would want to. I mean, I get the uh, you know it's your alma mater. You want to yeah yeah you you can come back and you know further solidify your legacy yeah but coaching a super bowl like not that long ago yeah like within the last i don't know seven or eight years i don't know anyways uh so yeah i think if michigan wants herring that's where he's gonna go and uh you know if michigan decides that they don't need him then i think it's missouri i'll take those odds all right anything else football related before we move on to this basketball topic i think that's it all right. So, like I said, uh, Tim over on Discord suggested a topic for us. He wanted to uh, know our all-time Mizzou basketball squad. So, I wrote down five starters, uh, four bench players, and a coach. Coach. Interesting uh, options there. Mm-hmm. Um, we did limit it to uh, two, year 2000 to present, roughly. Um, just so that we know what we're talking about even a little bit because <laughs> even some of these guys we, we were too young to have watched play yeah. uh, outside of highlights. We know who Anthony Peeler is, guys. Okay. Yeah. 
but he's pre 2000. Yeah. So if you want to give us your pre 2000, uh, all time Mizzou squad, feel free and educate us a little bit on uh, some of the older players. Um, I want to start with coach. Okay. Cause that's very important. Now is this, um, their, do we want to, okay. You already know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Is this their, their current self or their self whenever they were at Mizzou? I think you can pick, you can pick the best version of them within reason okay. that you feel comfortable with. I might argue with you. I might say that it's unfair on a couple guys, depending on what you do. Okay. But I say that because I'm choosing to live in an imaginary world where Quinn Snyder never left as Mizzou basketball coach. Okay, interesting. And is like one of the all-time greats in college basketball. Seems realistic. Um, so is this, uh, I don't know if I can say this. So Quinn Snyder sobered up. Yeah. Best version of himself imaginable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, you pretty much have to pick Quinn Snyder yeah. in this situation. I feel like, uh, he's like, he was one of the best coaches in the NBA for a stretch. I um, think he's going to be, uh, the next coach of the San Antonio Spurs after Greg Poppet, Greg Popovich retires. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best basketball coaches in the world right now. It's kind of, hard not to pick Quinn Snyder yeah and I like showing him love because you know I feel like he was uh in the Mizzou fan doghouse kind of not all his fault for why he was there for quite a while and uh he had to grind to get back to where he is now he coached in the G League he was an assistant in the NBA finally got a head coaching job did a really good job one i think he won nba coach of the year he was at least a finalist yeah, a couple I times with the and, jazz yeah and i think a jazz isn't i mean that's not i mean that's a tough place to win yeah absolutely just a small market team mm-hmm. you're not going to get big time free agents yeah so and i i honestly think yeah like offensively he's he's a really good basketball coach and i think he he knows basketball better than I don't know. I think he's right there with anybody else that Mizzou has had recently. Um, You could go Mike Anderson, I think. That was tempting for me. But then I think you have to kind of tailor your squad to run his type of game. Right. That's true. So who'd you go with for coach? Uh, Yeah, Quinn Snyder for sure. Okay. Um, I considered Kim Anderson, but I decided (laughs) uh, that I would just choose Quinn Snyder instead. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about Kim Anderson, but then I remembered we were trying to do the, the best. The team. best. Yeah. 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 Not the worst of all time for any school ever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I feel like my starting point guard and your starting point guard, it's no brainer. The best point guard in Mizzou history, Phil Pressy. Okay. Right. That's not who I picked okay. for my starting lineup. Okay. Okay. Who's your starting point guard? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I went with a little bit of a best player uh, possible line, starting lineup and didn't worry so much necessarily about the starting positions. Okay. But I went with Jordan Clarkson as my point guard because he has been very good in the NBA and plays some point in the, in the, NBA, in the NBA. So, uh, Phil Pressey, he's, he's still on the team. Okay, okay. He'll play. Sounds good. But 
Jordan Clarkson's in your starting lineup. Absolutely. Uh, real quick on Phil Presti. Do yeah. you um, hold a grudge whatsoever for, like, I, I think he's a li- slightly, like, polarized with Mizzou communities over, like, his last year at Mizzou and how he kind of, like, I don't know. Yeah. He kind of threw some games away at the end. Yeah. You can say it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you hold a grudge for that? No. Okay. Um, he, yeah. I don't know though. Like, you know, it's it's tough to blame him because he was kind of a one man show in some ways. And yeah, and honestly, I think it's very obvious when you look back at that season that he was missing Michael Dixon Jr. Yeah. And oh yeah, they needed another guard so yeah. badly. And uh, Dixon was the guy with the ball in his hand at the end of the games. Um, previously, you know, Phil Pressy would go off and have incredible games and be, you know, dishing assists and scoring a little bit, but when it came to crunch time. You know, Dixon was a 90% free throw shooter. You know, he was the guy with with the ball, late game situations, end of shot clock situations. So, okay. um, and they planned on him being there until he wasn't. So I think that was part of the problem, Pressy's junior season. Yeah, it's a definitely a, a all-timer for the what-if conversation. Yeah. Um, okay, so... I've got at my two guard. Now it's it's way too tempting to just like list the 2012 uh, team right here. So I tried to avoid doing that, but I still have the two guard as Marcus Denman. I have Marcus Denman. And then my first kind of throwback guy that I didn't watch a ton of is at the three spot, and that is Kareem Rush. Did you look at my paper? No. I have Kareem Rush as well. Um, kind of. Playing the small forward, you know, three and D guy. Yeah, I mean, he was a prolific scorer. I mean, twenty-one points per game as a sophomore. Yeah, twenty points per game as a junior. Um, he shot almost eight threes per game and made forty percent of them his junior year. Forty-two uh, percent from three for his career. So that's pretty insane, like efficiency. Like, yeah, you have to 42% have forty-two percent for at that kind of volume is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, with uh, I, I mean, Coach Snyder is not going to be needing him to shoot the ball seventeen times a game like he did his sophomore year. Coach Snyder, I love how you said that. Um, with with the squad that I've assembled, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that he's going to need to shoot that that many times, but which probably means he'll be even more efficient, honestly. Yeah, but um, one thing's for sure. Phil Pressy is not going to need to force anything at the end of shot clocks or at the end of games because he's going to have two incredible closers in Denman and Kareem Rush on the wing ready to take over. Um, then at the four spot, I have Damari Carroll. Okay. I have Damari Carroll as well. All right. Um, just all around fantastic player. He's got he, that dog in him. Oh, yeah. He can score a little bit. Excellent defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, tenacious rebounder. Can shoot. Yes. Um, I mean... He just fits perfectly with these like more offensive-minded scorers. Phil Pressy, he's a little bit of a riskier defender trying to get steals and stuff. But then you got a solid guy kind of at the four spot cleaning everything up. Yeah. Um, I feel like Damari Carroll's on like the top three or four, just like all junkyard dog kind of team like that, you know, that Mizzou's ever had. 
And that also makes me think of a guy who didn't make my squad, but JT Tiller, mm-hmm. I feel like also just like had that tenacity. Yeah. Like I think of those guys as players that just like wanted it more than you. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at uh, Carroll's stats from his final season. Um, final season was 16 points per game, seven rebounds per game, and uh, shot 56% from the field on 12 attempts. Yeah. So efficient. Super solid. Yeah. Now, the five spot, I had trouble, honestly. And I went with a safe pick, that's, but it might ruffle some feathers. And I got three guys here from the 2012 team. I went with R- Ricardo Ratliff at the five. Interesting. Oh. Um, I didn't even really think about Ricardo Ratliff. Mm. I felt like the five position was the most difficult. I think that Missouri's had a ton of great guards um, throughout the years. Um, maybe not as many like prolific big guys, um, but I went with uh, Linus Klaza. Linus Klaza. Linus Klaza. Uh, yeah, so you're going a little bit smaller there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I like that. Um, honestly, I, I didn't consider him as much just because he had – his really good sophomore season at Mizzou, mm-hmm. and then he bounced, and that season... You hold a grudge for that. I do a little bit. Honestly, that was like one... I've probably said this before, but some of my earliest memories of Mizzou basketball was Quinn Snyder and Linus Klaza, and I realized, like, oh, this guy's really good. Yeah. And then just when I'm starting to... Just when I'm starting to get to know him, he leaves for the NBA. Broke your heart. Uh, but he was fun to watch. Not as efficient, but... He was not on his sophomore season. They weren't very good. He kind of had to be the guy, mm-hmm. and teams could kind of focus on him. So Better NBA player probably almost. Uh, I mean, he averaged 16 points per game his sophomore year at Mizzou, yeah. but great um, professional career in the NBA and overseas. Yeah. Um, I think I watched a highlight video of him at one point scoring like 41 points in a professional game overseas. Yeah. Um, he played a very high level overseas for sure. Yeah, so I feel like there was some justification though for him leaving early. Like he ended up having a great career. Honestly, going back to Phil Pressy, again, I almost am just like a little bit mad at him for leaving early because I didn't feel like it made sense for like his career. Like he was not one of those like shoe in professional type yeah. players, yeah. and you know was undersized and all that. So yeah, I wonder looking back I, if that wasn't a little bit i would wonder what if you got an honest answer out of frank haith i'd be interested to hear how that conversation went because i could see a situation where it was basically already known that this was going to be clarkson's team you know that he was going to be the guy that following season what would have been phil's senior year and i wonder if that didn't factor in a little bit yeah if it was like yeah phil you can stay uh, but you know I, I feel I like maybe, maybe Frank Haith maybe made some promises there yeah. to Clarkson to get him on board. That's and he, possible. And he was kind of headed in a new direction. Yeah. And Well, Phil, I mean, he had been at Mizzou for a long time already. Maybe he just kind of felt like his time was up and he was ready to just move on to something else. Like, you know, yeah. there was a pretty uh, good amount of turnover that was going to happen. And, and was, you know, I never really thought about the fact that, that how uh, – the 2012 season ended and then some of those games his junior year and then getting bounced yeah. again to Colorado State he was probably feeling the pressure from the fan base a little yeah. bit yeah and he wasn't necessarily having an awesome time there down the stretch so I could I can see it 
Um, I also considered for my five spot mm-hmm. uh, Lawrence Bowers. Yeah. Um, Who's my sixth man, by the way? Okay. My sixth man is Kim English. I feel like I've got a lot of positional versatility there. Uh, he could play the two, three, or the four. Um, I could slide Damari Carroll to the five, potentially. Um, and then I have Bowers as my second guy off the bench. So those two coming in, a lot of versatility, mm-hmm. good defense. Um, Bowers can maybe pick up some of the shot blocking, rim protection, um, English some of the scoring. So those are my first two off the bench. My seventh, so second guy off the bench is um, Kareem Rush. Mm. A little bit of a throwback. Who was your th- Who was your three? Um, oh my God, I wrote Kareem Rush twice. Um, I meant to say. Uh, Freaking Ricky Paulding oh, okay. was my seventh guy. I just realized, like, yeah, I think I just talked about Kareem Rush already. <laughs> uh, Ricky Paulding is uh, my my seventh man. Okay, yeah, helping he the guards. He's not on my list, but he's definitely one that I looked at. Uh, Seventeen points per game as a junior. Um, took a ton of shots. He was not quite as efficient as Rush. Uh, he was a thirty-seven uh, percent three-point shooter on four attempts per game in his Mizzou career. But I, I, you can't go wrong there. I mean, yeah, he uh, excellent all-around player, definitely one of the better scorers in Mizzou history. Um, now I've got maybe a controversial one here at Uh-oh. the eight spot. I went with Jonte Porter. And again, I got a guy that can play the four or the five, good shooter. And I'm taking the version of Jonte Porter that played uh, in the Mizzou Madness uh, preseason. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, before his sophomore season, that never was, we saw him in person at Mizzou Madness, and he looked like an All American. Looked incredible. Yeah. And I was so excited for what he was about to do. And so that's the version of him that that's I have coming off the bench. So brutal, man. Yeah. He's gonna like he could be the point guard coming off the bench. Yeah. And I don't think he's that controversial. He honestly. could play the five spot. Yeah. Like he could do it all. Yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, you could have thrown I didn't do this. You could have thrown a healthy healthy Michael Porter Jr. in here really easily too. Yeah, I thought about it. I didn't do that, but um no, I think that's fine. And you know, he played a whole healthy season at Mizzou, meant to play a second one and didn't, but Yeah, even his f- freshman year was yeah, you know, blew everybody away as yeah. far as expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, my eighth guy is a guy that might also be a little controversial, and I kind of threw him in here just because of the lack of depth at the big guy position mm-hmm. and just kind of like a n- actual center, but I chose Arthur Johnson. Okay. So probably the earliest guy on this list. Yeah. Um, actually, I guess uh, – uh, let's see. So he played 2000 to 2004. I think same I as Ricky Paulding. Same was as also, Ricky Paulding, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean – Good rebounder, yeah. shot blocker. Good Mizzou teams. Yeah. I mean, if you're you, – you can't – on a team like this that we're making up, you can't have everybody be a scoring threat right. and, like, taking 10 yeah. shots per game. Yeah. In today's game, that probably isn't the best choice. But, you know, he's still going to be that dominant inside presence that just getting all the rebounds and, and blocking people out and that kind of stuff, just being a general nuisance. Yeah. He still scored uh, 16 points per game mm-hmm. uh, his – junior and senior seasons yeah so and uh 
just about averaged a double-double his junior season. 16 points per game, 9.6 rebounds per game. Yeah, you'll take that 10 out of 10 times on your team. And that's kind of why I considered uh, Tillman Mm -hmm. for one of these bench spots. Yeah, I even threw Alex Oriaki on, like, my potential guys. Yeah. Okay, so for my – I only did four bench spots to try to make it somewhat realistic as far as, like, what a rotation would look like. I gave that last spot to Cassius Robertson. Mm. Um, he can run the point a little bit and also shoot it from anywhere and get to the rim, get excellent free throw shooter. So I think I'm looking at a guy that can come in off the bench and his job when he comes off the bench is to score the basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, one, he has just one legendary season yeah. at Missouri and then just rides off into the sunset. Yeah. And, but you know, you would think almost the way he is in my mind, at least, and maybe other people think differently, but I feel like he was there like for, I feel like he had a whole career. Yeah. Like he had a whole arc to his time at Mizzou. That's how like meaningful it is to be good at Missouri. Like, especially in this last decade, like if you are an outstanding player and the team is good, like we will remember you forever. (laughs) And that's what Cassius Robinson, uh, Robertson did. And, you know, he was way better than we thought he was going to be. He was a part of a great team that, and we asked uh, to do more than what we expected, you know, but grew into the role and was just the best player we, we could have imagined having when he yeah stepped up for, uh, in like the weird adversity of all of the things that were going on. And yeah. it was just a constant, uh, my last guy, which I already said was on the team was Phil Pressy. Right. Um, just definitely is going to run point whenever he's in, maybe Clarkson can, can play the two or three, um, whenever, uh, Phil Pressy's in there, but, um, can't have enough ball handlers for sure. And Phil Pressy is about as dependable as it comes. I, I, do you hate my team or what? Well, you got a little smirk no, on your face. I like your team. I just hard disagree with not starting Phil Pressy. I, Phil Pressy is going to play like. 37 minutes per game for me and just Coach the, Snyder. Just the full-on distributor role? Yeah. Like, not asked to score at all, basically? No. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to... Averaging 38 minutes a game and two points a game? Yeah, but 12 assists per game. Okay. That's and perfectly reasonable. three steals. That's perfectly fine. I went with the... Uh, I went with designing an NBA team. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Tall, long, and everybody can score and yeah. shoot. Yeah, you're going for positionless basketball. I get it. Yep. Uh... I'm surprised you didn't pick Conzo Martin as your coach then. Oh, really? For positionless basketball. Yeah, well, we yeah, I mean, he was he definitely orchestrated a really good team with positionless basketball. So, yeah, you're probably right. Um, a couple honorable mentions. I think these two players in particular, I, I had Jordan Clarkson as an honorable mention, uh, but Jordan Barnett and Jabari Brown, I think don't get enough credit for how good they were at their peak for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Um, no Linus Kaleta? I thought about it, but like I said... I, You're just that mad? Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Jonte took his spot. Okay, that's fine. And with that, uh, Clay's a not the best defender. Yeah. And we needed some shot blocking. Not like, yeah, he's not super athletic. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think you got a good list. You got a good list. Um, a couple of uh, snubs for me potentially was Kim English didn't make my squad. Yeah, that's true. That's an um, outrage. That is maybe. Um, no, Jabari Brown, who was considered. I said Alex Oriaki was considered just mm-hmm. because of the depth of, like, the big guys. He's just kind of offered something unique that, yeah. you know, 
Um, that's pretty much it. I thought about thought about JT Tiller, but yeah, you brought you brought some good names that are definitely like a little more current. Um, you know, uh, freaking who am I trying to say? Robertson, Jonte. No, who'd you just say? Jordan Barnett. Um, was, yeah, is a great one. And uh, I think he. Well, we talked about when we did the like fifteen dollar Mizzou yeah. squad mm-hmm. that you put his numbers and efficiency for his best season up against Kim English's best season mm-hmm. if you're trying to like fill the three spot and numbers wise they're nearly identical players I mean English probably has the advantage of he was did a decent job guarding fours uh, his senior year and I would say that Barnett has more athleticism mm-hmm. but um, just from a stat profile very similar players yeah and uh, of course we know Jabari Brown he was the ultimate like efficiency scorer as far as like he only shot threes or layups yeah like sneaky athletic actually though yeah he could like dunk on you uh speaking of dunking on you actually one honorable mention I completely forgot to say is Ricky Balding Mm. and uh obviously I know him as the uh for the play at Allen Fieldhouse where you know Keon Doolin what did I just you say? said Ricky Paulding. Oh my God! Kyle doesn't know players, uh, old players, guys. I am like, Tell mi- I am mixing up this like triangle of like OG players. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> Keon Dueling, holy crap, man! Uh, he's known for the uh, play at Allen Fieldhouse where he's dunking on a guy, gets called for the for the charge, which it obviously wasn't. And um, you know he was a great player too. And ninety nine two thousand season, so right, yeah, he was on the cusp. I just um, included him because he, he was there for the 2000 season. Yeah. Yeah, 15 oh, points per game. I can't believe I just mixed up those three names. It's unbelievable. I can believe it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, shot the ball 12 times per game sophomore season. Uh, anyway, those are our squads. Let us know what you think. Make fun of us for how little we know about players that were playing before we were old enough to watch basketball. Um. And let us know if you you like certain players that we left off, or how you how you would. I really want to know how you would assemble your squad to try to win the national championship. Some people that know a little something have Phil Presti starting. Others don't. So I, I like to hear what you guys think. Wow, I'm trying to. You know, we got to get a, some arguments going. That's this fine. Is the first time we've disagreed on I, something. I'm in a while. holding a grudge. I'm holding a grudge on him a little bit more than you are, I think. But when I, I love th- him, when he's I'm back. Th- no, yeah, I, I have, of course love him too. But I'm just thinking about. I'm not sure we can win very many meaningful games with Phil Pressy like running the show with uh, how things went. So, I'm just saying. You need to go watch some 2012 highlights. Well, I'm you got very 20, familiar with 2013 that season. stuck in your head. Very familiar with that season, and if you remember, we lost in the first round. So. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. Let us know your squads in the comments. uh, And you can talk to us about it on Discord if you join the Patreon at that tier. Uh, Anything else for the folks this week? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you got? We got a couple of leftover questions from the wing episode that we didn't get to, mostly because our mouths were on fire and we forgot things. Yeah. We were a little delirious by the end of it. Okay. Let's hear it. All righty. So, who would be the best out of us on the Mizzou basketball team and football teams? 
Uh, Can you like, imagine us like trying to run around with all these guys? Jeez, <laughs> oh, man! I feel like there was de- this is gonna be the most like I want back in my day kind of like <laughs> response ever. But like I feel like there was a time in my life where I was pretty fit, pretty good at basketball. That time is not now, and I feel like producer Cameron would probably be the most impactful for probably both sports, honestly. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I could, I could probably set some good screens, and. That's about it for basketball. Yeah. I'd I could be, I could block out. There you go. They would just literally be like, grab it like right over you probably. I'd get some Even with a foul block calls. Out. Okay, mm-hmm. there you that's go. Where I'm, that's where You'd get to the line maybe. Yeah. They'd I, call you the little fundamental. The little fundamental, yes. <laughs> Blocking out. You could get some assists, I bet. Eh, probably throw the ball away a lot. <laughs> but I'd, I'd uh, block out and set screens and that's about it and for the football team you wouldn't kick that is for sure (laughs) would not try to kick anything ever and the only thing i can do is catch the football but i'm really slow so you're really selling yourself. I guess I would play wide receiver yeah, and I mean, be slow, but also but be the, able to catch the ball. At the collegiate level, I'm pretty sure we're all completely worthless, but I feel like you definitely don't want me on an island. That's for sure. You don't want me like on skates or like trying to have to move my feet quickly. I feel like I'm probably like a defensive lineman or something like that. Just like I'm probably a D end. That's the most simple thing. Just try and get to the quarterback or make him feel uncomfortable at if you possibly can. If you played every snap in your uh, physical prime, if you played every snap of a collegiate football season for Mizzou mm-hmm. at defensive end, how many times do you think you would touch the opposing quarterback before the play was over? Like with the ball still in his hand? Yeah. If I played how many, like every snap? Every snap. Yeah. Work, um, worked out with the team, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would say... You're the starting defensive end. For the whole year? Yeah. I would say... Probably four or five times. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. There was a time in my life where I was pretty fast and, yeah. like, p- pretty agile. but And he might just run into you a couple times. Yeah. He might just, like, that's true. Or the offensive lineman might literally just pick me up and throw me. And that, I might just, like, land in his that, direction. That'd probably be most of the plays. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Next question. Or do you want to answer that one? Um, I don't know. You guys kind of covered it. Football was definitely the sport that I excelled the most at, so... You're uh, you've played receiver in high school. Yeah, I did. I probably if it was something I wanted to like pursue and I like worked out and all that stuff. I was a beanpole. I couldn't have played in college and been able to do anything significant probably. But I don't know. I probably could have played at like a small D two D three school. Mm. Maybe we'll never know. We'll never know. What could have been. The next question is, what time period would we want to live in, if not the current times, and why? Uh, That's probably cheating, but I would want to live in the future. How is that cheating? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you don't know what it is, so you can't Okay. Even... You know what, Cameron? That's an encouraging answer. I like that. Um, feels like the world's like on fire right now, so yeah. I'm I'm happy to hear that somebody's looking forward to it, the future at least. Well, you might fast forward and there's nothing left, in which mm. case, well, yeah, that's it. Well, I didn't mean like literally on fire, but maybe it's somewhere. <laughs> it's kind of it's probably going to end at some point. It sh- surely will. Yeah. How far in the future are we talking here? Like 50 years? Let me jump. Let me jump 200 years in the future. Wow. 
I'll okay. live there. What do you think you're going to see when you open your eyes? No telling. <laughs> Hopefully other people. What if I was the only person they might worship me? Well, Whatever. if you were the person, <laughs> the then nobody person would be there to worship, worship you. The robots. <laughs> oh, okay. The AI. Yeah, yeah. They, would, they would. Yeah, you would really draw some attention, I think. Look at this meat sack over here. How's he doing that? Look at this meat mash. Um, I would. I don't really know, man. This is kind of a tricky question. I feel like I would maybe like to be a little bit older than I was, but like kind of in the current day. Like, I would maybe have liked to live a little bit more of my life, like pre internet. Um, I think that honestly, we're maybe some of the last kids that lived life like before the internet mm-hmm. and like still remember it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the internet was like a big thing, kind of started to be a big thing when we were like in maybe middle school, something like that. So I would just maybe um, move my birth date back like five or 10 years and just be able to like actually like synthesize the rise of the internet, like mm-hmm. and really like understand mm-hmm. it as an adult would be kind of cool. Another benefit for that is you would know more about. Uh, Kareem Rock, Ricky Paulding, <laughs> and Keon Dooling. If you, man, if you what a tie-in! You got me, folks. If you want to hear more of those kind of questions and answers while our mouths are on fire, subscribe on Patreon and uh, watch the Wings episode yeah. coming soon. Is that all for this week? That's it. You done? <laughs> are you done? <laughs> Nothing else from me. <laughs> Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groflo, and Brandon Hanks. Brandon, two Brandons. What a wow. list. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our new stickers, and our T-shirts are re-updated we reloaded can't think of the word restocked they Re- restocked. reloaded restocked <laughs> re-updated the the old t-shirts restocked so go check them out uh, missouri sports pod thank you everyone for listening we will see you next week